Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them, and this week, uh, it's, it's, uh, is it a circle? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Did I guess right? Yeah, uh, this week we are going to reboot The Secret Circle. It was an American supernatural fantasy teen drama that was on the CW from September 15th, 2001 to May 10th, 2012, based off, uh, based on a series of books by the same name, written by L. L. J. Smith, who also wrote The Vampire Diaries. <laughs> and this is the series the premise alone not that bad but oh god does it need a lot of retooling because it only got one season and yeah oh boy although I, I will say i did a brief glance at it apparently it did well enough to get like the back nine ordered because originally it was just 13 episodes and then the cw ordered a full season yeah and then the end of that they said we made a mistake yeah and when you look at the basically synopses for all the episodes, it's like they ran through about three seasons worth of television in one season. Oh boy, that sounds fun. I mean, by the end, they had five different villains and they killed off one of the main characters and replaced him with his older brother. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly, like. <sighs> one of those shows where it's like you could have taken a slower pace you didn't have to adapt all of the books in one go really come on guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the secret circle the general premise is that there's this girl named cassie blake and her mom dies in a mysterious fire and she winds up going back to her mom's childhood home in this town called uh, Chance Harbor, Washington, to live with her grandmother. And she attempts to adjust to the new town, and she has a crush on this boy named Adam Content, and then she gets roped into, uh, with Adam's friends, into joining their little coven. And also she's best friends with Adam's girlfriend, Diana, and like things get messy and complicated. And as it turns out, Cassie is the most powerful witch out there and she's already found her mother's book of shadows and she basically she's a special she got Harry Potter plot tickets yeah oh, okay yeah so um, <laughs> I'm gonna fix that because we're, there's some things with the characters where I went dislike <laughs> <laughs> And also the CW did its, like, late aughts, early 2010s things when it came to the costuming, where, like, none of the female characters, it, and none of the male characters, too, are really that distinguishable from each other. Like, Yeah, it's all of these... <laughs> all of these, um, either white blondes, <laughs> white bad boys... Yep. Or or uh, women that who are just olive enough that you could say ethnically ambiguous. I mean, one of the characters was played by a uh, Canadian actress who is half black. So, is that Jessica Parker Kennedy? Yes, she was also on Black Sails. 
Yeah, see, uh, that's the other thing. I I was going through the cast, and yeah. like, hey, I know half these people. Like, Britt Robertson was on For the People, a show that only I watched. <laughs> Thomas Decker from Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles and Heroes. Shetty Hennig from Teen Wolf, which is fun. It's, it's, <laughs> this show, as far as I can tell, it's basically Teen Witch, the show. And premiered yeah. the same year as Teen Wolf, the show. Because Teen Witch, the movie, was made to be a girl's version of Teen Wolf, the movie. And so then Shelley Hennig, who was on Teen Witch, the Secret Circle, the show, after that ended, a few years later, she ended up on Teen Wolf, the show. Yep. Uh, The Phoebe Tonkin, as apparently she's Claire from H2O. Jessica Parker Kennedy is Nora Allen from The Flash. Nick Armstrong, or Louis Hunt, I've never heard of this man before, never mind. Uh, Chris Zilka was an amazing Spider-Man as Flash, and I don't know any of the adults, because it's a CW show, so adults don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, there's, like, some of the, like, the premise of, like, you know, a girl discovering that she has magical powers and, like, joins a coven of witches, it's craft shit. Like, that's actually kind of a cool premise and all that sort of stuff. Um, the execution was where things fell apart, and there was only, like, a couple characters who were really interesting, and they were really inconsistent with the powers. Like, there's this big deal about, oh, we have to do this do this ritual to bind our powers so that we can be even stronger, but we kind of lose our individual powers. But binding everybody's powers doesn't really do a whole lot of stuff. Like, it's not that special, really. Okay. And again, they only got one season, but like it's this weird contradiction of like you got one season and you stuffed as much as you could from the books into that one season because I think the writers kind of maybe they panicked when they got the back half. Huh. Who knows what happens when you get the back half of that season because you got only got the first half. But also like maybe there wasn't enough material to work with also so the secret circle books originally there were three books written by lj smith between uh in 1992 and then three more books were written uh in 2012 by aubrey clark huh so i get the feeling that either those last three books were based off of like initial scripts for the tv show or, like, there was the I- idea that, hey, we got the back half to the first season, maybe we'll get a second season, so we'll have Aubrey Clark come in and write these three other books so that we have more material to work with for season two, and that never happened. I don't know. I didn't read these books. I didn't even know that they were books until much later. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> know that this entire thing was created by the same woman who created the Vampire Diaries. Anyway. Yeah, which is also funny because Vampire Diaries, not only does it have witches, but it had witches right from the start. Yeah. And I think maybe it worked better because it was basically just a soap opera with supernatural creatures. Like, it was kind of like the, it was a bit of a successor to Dark, to Dark Shadows. Yeah, yeah. or Buffy. Or Buffy. Buffy meets Dark Shadows. I think it leaned more into the soap opera side of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because vampires are inherently dramatic. Anyway, knowing all of this and seeing some reviews of people who, like, watch the full series and maybe read the books, too, I have come to the conclusion that what we should do is set this in the 90s. Okay. And maybe instead of getting too caught up in the teen drama and using general soap tropes, for dramatic purposes, we're gonna focus on like the weird magic stuff because I, th- 
at least what I find in a lot of teen supernatural, well, maybe not a lot of teen supernatural drama, but I think during this time, because of the influence of Twilight, there was not as much, you're probably going to prove me wrong with Teen Wolf, like, not as much focus on the world building and, like, the more nuts, maybe not nuts and bolts, but, like, the the lore and the world and the weirdness, the actual supernatural stuff, versus the drama side. Uh, actually, Teen Wolf was pretty good with world building, for the most part, I would say. Um, it was very much like, don't pull the thread too hard, but it had its own yeah. internal consistency. Um, yeah. And obviously the strongest parts were the world. I would, In my opinion, the biggest time they stumbled was with uh, Kitsune and Skinwalkers, because well, first of all, Skinwalkers you shouldn't be using in anything um, yeah. unless you are actually First Nations, much like a lot of First Nations stuff. Yeah. Um, but, and also Kitsune, it was like, is it like a werewolf where you like have fox powers or is it like a spirit or are you a spirit? What's going on? And then like, they couldn't figure out how to finish the kids, their Kitsune characters arc. So, and also they wanted to like give her a pay cut, but no one else a pay cut. Ooh. And so she left the show. And then she wasn't invited back for the reunion movie that's coming out this year. And then when they they got backlash and they did invite her back, it turned out that they were still trying to hire her at a pay cut. Oh, wow. So yeah, that's a great way to treat your only Asian regular Teen Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Teen Wolf, Teen Wolf is actually decent with world building. Yeah. Uh, but it was also Teen Wolf, so you know. <laughs> yeah, like... <sighs> I still want to aim this at teens, but I feel like there has to be a good balance of, like, the teen drama and the weird supernatural shit. Like, I kind of want to lean more into more of an X-Files feel, in a way, where it's more, like, high strangeness weirdness going on, and the magic is a bit more... I'm kind of thinking a bit more chaos magic, a bit more punk rock, because I'm setting this in the 90s in Washington... Yeah. And the town is going to be explicitly based off of Aberdeen, which was the hometown of Kurt Cobain. Okay. <laughs> um, just to give you a bit of a flavor of Aberdeen, Washington, and I'm sorry to anybody who's actually from there. Um, <laughs> I I need to tell you what some of their some of this town's nicknames were or are. It is called the Hellhole of the Pacific. And the port of missing men. Oh boy! <laughs> I want Chance Harbor to have that reputation. <laughs> like this is a den of scum and villainy. There's a reason why a lot of punk bands come out of here. Also, uh, like one of the buildings for the high school burnt down in 2002. There's a pretty gnarly photo of it. Oh boy! Yeah. So. Did any okay? Did was anyone hurt in that? As far as I know, no. Okay, because what if that's like the finale, the series finale? <laughs> yeah, the high school's got to burn down. <laughs> yeah, or maybe not the series, but definitely you got to burn down the high school at some point. Yeah, you got to pull a Degrassi. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I mean the the sort of dance supernatural stuff I'm. I'm pulling from, and I think there's a more, there's a greater appetite appetite for it now because of Stranger Things than there was back in 2001. Is probably more on the lines of like Carrie and Firestarter and The Craft. Yeah, 
This, I mean, I know they made a craft series, but I think that's like a sequel series set in the modern day. Yeah. This feels like it's maybe, maybe, uh, it's the craft. This is a craft show. Yeah. (laughs) It's the craft. And so the general premise is still going to be Cassie recently lost her mom and she's moved back to her mom's hometown. And she's having a hard time because, like, she's the new girl and she's, her mom recently died in a horrible fire. Um, so she's not in a great place. And the group she falls in with is not, like, the impossibly beautiful CW types. They're the weird freaks. Yeah, they're the freaks. <laughs> I'm setting this in the 90s, too, so they should be, like, crust goths, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, like, I was talking to dad about this because, like, he's also seen a bit of Riverdale and he's like, they are so beautiful! <laughs> And I was telling him about the premise of of the Secret Circle, and it's like, yeah, the popular kids aren't going into the woods to perform magic. That's the fucking weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> so the characters who are going to make up the initial Secret Circle, um, because I'm changing some of the characters, are uh, it's going to be initially Cassie, Diana, Adam, uh so there's this character named Sally Matthews who appears for a couple episodes and she's Cassie's friend at the high school and she's like the normal girl who gets suspicious of all the other like witchy people and then she kind of okay. disappears after an incident. I'm going to make her a main character and part of the initial circle and a fucking nerd. Um, and okay. I'm, and I'm renaming her Sarah because what girl in the ni- born in the 1980s is named Sally? Oh like, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Sally was not a popular name at the time. And it's so easy to name the ner- the nerdy girl something like Sally or Betty or wh- or Barbara or whatever. And it, like something really outdated. And it's like, no, nah, just give her a regular fucking popular name at the time. Um, yeah. There's Melissa, who she's not quite part of the loser circle, but she joins them because... Um, I have written down that she's one of those people who's involved in a lot of academics and sports and her parents are really like, we want to, we want you to go to basically Stanford or okay. some really high end university. And she's like, okay, I'm okay with this. I know I can do it, but also I need something that isn't geared towards college admissions. So I'm yes. going to, I'm going to do some magic in the woods. <laughs> I need a hobby and I have chosen the occult. And also these are the kids who... Uh, when they're also hanging out in the woods, they're doing pot, so. Yes. <laughs> um, and, uh, Nick, who, I his older brother is Jake. Their parents died off screen under mysterious circumstances. Um, I'm, he's gonna be the AV nerd and the one who's doing the chronicling stuff, and because I'm- He's the nerd? Amongst the nerds. Like, he's more the be- tech nerd. Because I'm looking at his picture from the show, and you can tell that this is the bad boy. You know how he's the bad boy? Because he looks like he's 28, and he's wearing a muscle shirt. (laughs) Which is why I'm like, okay, we are not going with CW pretty people. Yeah, these are, if they're hot, they're emo hot. Yeah, or like, grunge hot. Like, okay, I was thinking of setting this at around... 2000 because the internet would be available but cell phones are not ubiquitous yeah that that i like that and because then it's like 
it can also play into the thing I was going to say where it's like, the, the, these are the people that we, you're, they're 15 and you're 15 and you meet each other at an anime convention. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you, you look in the distance and you're, what, <laughs> trying to think, who's, who are the pretty guys? You're dressed as Inuyasha and you look in the distance and you see him dressed as Vegeta. <laughs> oh, and, then, and then you think maybe Yaoi isn't just something you buy in a store. Maybe Yaoi is something more. Because <laughs> you're 15 and you have no concept of anything. Yeah, so in my mind, they're hanging out at the trailer park that Nick and his older brother live in. Okay, good. Trailer Park Boys. I can dig it. Not the Trailer Park Boys, just boys who live in a trailer park. Hey! Hey! I mean, one of their neighbors could essentially be Ricky. I don't know if this makes me a bad Canadian. I've never actually watched the Trailer Park Boys. The only thing I know about it is Sam Squanch. I mean, I've... I only know a little bit about Trailer Park Boys, but I know that a lot of what they show is actually fairly true about living in rural Canada, but also there's Letterkenny. Yeah, Letterkenny's just two trailer, two trailer, two park boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they're hanging out at the trailer that Nick and Jake live in. Jake- his older brother's name is Jake? Yes. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke about how his older brother could be played by Jake, but no, I guess it's just Jake! <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Um so yeah, their their after school activities are like hanging out at at the trailer park watching bootleg anime, <laughs> wrestling and listening to Pantera while smoking weed. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. Hang on. I had a thought. Okay. Because but maybe it won't work anymore because we we just moved this from 90s to 2000s because originally I was going to maybe this can still work. What if they like the plot impetus begins because they tried to do a stupid teen thing. They decide to contact the spirit of Kurt Cobain. <laughs> yes. And they don't, because having Kurt Cobain's ghost <laughs> might be a little hanky. And also, he would just be miserable. Yeah, like, I don't want to bug that guy. <laughs> He's been through enough already. Yeah. But, and one of the characters couldn't say that. But I think it would make sense if they try and dial Kurt Cobain, and instead they get, you know, a demon. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking that the that the way that the magic goes is that it's more like I don't want them to automatically like try to bind their magic or do like some big ritual at the beginning. That should be something more towards the end of the season. Like they have to work up to some sort of bigger working than like they should be exploring their powers like Especially when um, Cassie gets her mom's book of shadows and there's warnings about like dangerous people and all that sort of stuff. Because another part of this premise is that, okay, in the original series, 16 years prior, this time I'm making it 20 years prior, for more sane reasons, uh, there was a fire at a place called the Boatyard. And a bunch of people died, and it was witch-related, and uh, a bunch of witches lost their powers, except for Amelia. And then Amelia dies. And that the fire that killed Amelia was caused by her former coven mate, uh, Charles Mead, who's Diana's dad, who turns out to not be Diana's dad. I am going to talk about that plot point later. Um, <laughs> and 
it's all part of this attempt for him and Don Chamberlain, who was uh, Faye's mom. I'll talk about Faye in a bit. Um, Faye's mom trying to regain the powers. So we have to have that mystery in the background of what happened 20 years ago at, at the boatyard um, and how this has affected the community. And because I've decided to set it in the year in the year 2000, <laughs> because I'm pretty sure a live journal was around around uh, 2000. That sounds right. Yeah. We can fudge around with dates. But like this is like coming off of the satanic panic. The satanic panic is going dormant. Yeah. And this is a rural town. Like yes, this is Washington, but you know what? It's pretty redneck outside of Seattle and Tacoma. Trust me. Yeah, although I honestly I think the rednecks would be pretty cool. It would be the it would be yeah. the suburbanites. Yeah, like the people who live in town are the ones who are like <gasps> witches and <gasps> Satan. The, the witches are on live journal. They're going to kidnap your children into the woods and make them gay. <laughs> yeah. They see a pentagram like spray painted on the on the walls of the school and they're like demons. Basically. Yes. <laughs> There's, oh, you know, the real villain isn't going to be whatever bullshit they summon. The real villain is probably going to be a Mrs. Carmody type figure. From the, do, 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 you, do you know Mrs. Carmody from The Mist? Uh, not really. Okay, do you, do you know the Stephen King story, The Mist? I've heard of it. Yeah, so that's the one where it's a small town in Maine. And some mist shows up and cuts off all contact with the outside. And then like nasty monsters start coming out of the mist. Uh, but it turns out the real monsters are humans because there's a woman named Mrs. Carmody who like is with the other survivors as they're walling themselves inside like a gas station to protect themselves. And she's like, this is the wrath of God and the only way we can survive and save ourselves is if we sacrifice this child. Huh. So yeah, just like when I say a Mrs. Carmody type figure, it's like a, a person of either religious authority and or just a lot of religious passion. Who is like, I'm starting at 10 and going up. Well, one of the plot points is that there is apparently this organization of witch hunters who call themselves the True Believers. The series, the Secret Circle does the thing where it's like, oh yes, there has been this organization of witch hunters for thousands of years. Because it, also a thing with the, or maybe not thousands of years, but for a very long time. Also, the witch the ability to be a witch is apparently inherited. And I'm like, how about not? How about we don't do the Harry Potter thing? Yeah. Yeah, the only one who has, like, there's only going to be a couple characters who have an actual witchcraft lineage, and I want to do it more like how certain families kind of have, like, a folk magic tradition or a folk healing tradition. So, like, not everybody does it, not everybody learns about it. Sometimes it skips generations, but, like, it just so happens that Cassie's from one of those legacies, um, amongst a few other characters. So what I was thinking for the witch hunting situation, because as I said, again, this is coming off of the satanic panic. How about the sheriff is the witch hunter and he's just someone who bought into all that satanic panic bullshit along with, I don't know, maybe he's listening to some militia radio or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it, it's a bit on the dark side for a teen series, but I think teens can handle it, and it is something that is very real. So, yeah, the the sheriff, I kind of combined a few characters to get his name, because the original, like, chief witch hunter is called Eben, or Eben. 
I know. It, mm. It's such a stupid name. It's extremely stupid. Yeah. So there's a character. We could easily just change it to Ebony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Ebony Darkness, Dementia Way. Ugh. So anyway, there's a character named uh, Wade Barnes who has a sister named Heather who was a former friend of Amelia Blake and this dude named, and she was a girlfriend with a dude named Zachary Larson. So Zachary was one of the people who was killed at the fire at the boatyard and Heather was injured. So I've decided Heather's going to be one of the people who dies and her brother Wade becomes the town sheriff and he is still fucking sore about it. Mm. And he's gunning for this little gaggle of teen goths. Because, yeah, West Memphis 3, they, they got, uh, those three guys got pinned with those murders because they were the town goths. Well, only really Damien Knuckles was the town goth and the other two were, like, maybe goth adjacent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, like, of course he's going to go after the town goths. So we got that. And then there's John Blackwell, who's going to be our other big bat. So he's the one who started that fire uh, 20 years ago. He's a he's a legit, like, left-hand path, dark wizard, it's all about me type. And I was thinking that part of his backstory is that way back in the day when they were doing some, when they were doing rituals and all that, and the original Secret Circle was practicing magic, they might have tapped into something that was very old and very powerful out in the woods. Yeah, yeah. And... John got touched by the Vorlons in the worst way possible, and he wants more. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he's ready to sacrifice some kids, including his own daughter, which is why Amelia left town when she found out she was pregnant, because fuck no. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So he comes back to do his evil thing. He's gonna be the the big bad. And I think at like, at first, the kids are going to cause their own problems because they have no idea what they're doing with their magic. They're just doing it for shits and giggles. And basically, like, pulling stuff from pop culture, basically, because I was looking at, like, what are some uh, more, I guess, fringe pop culture stuff. Like, aside from anime and wrestling and metal and all that sort of stuff that they could pull from. And the... um not the Illuminatus. The Invisibles was being printed. Uh, that's a comic, right? Yeah, that's a comic. Yeah, it's a comic book series from Vertigo uh, by Grant Morrison. And Grant Morrison has been involved with, like, basically, like, The Invisibles is, like, all of Grant Morrison's weird esoteric adventures just put into comic book form. Like, at one point, the comic was about to be uh, discontinued, and they requ they asked their fans to perform a masturbation sigil to save it, and apparently it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Will sex magic be involved in our teen series? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because this is where Faye comes in. She's the hot girl. She's the mean girl. She's also sleeping with uh, Nick's brother, Jake. Jake's kind of like, he looks like a bad boy, but he's actually trying to take care of his brother. And the reason why he's not all he's not there all the time is because he's have he has to work like double shifts 
at the local mill or something. And like he and Nick have a strained relationship because it's like, I am trying to take care of you. Yes, it's a little bit like the outsiders. <laughs> <laughs> also, I was going to make a comment that Invisibles sounds like Grant Morrison's answer to Doom Patrol, but also Doom Patrol and Invisibles are both through DC and also Grant Morrison did write for Doom Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think some of the wires got crossed a few times. <laughs> or maybe that was on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Faye, now some of the weird kind of feelings I had when I was going through like the character descriptions and all that is like Faye is described as this dark haired beauty who's voluptuous and sexual and she's 16. Gross. Stop. People need to stop writing about teenage girls like that. Like, yes, she can be 16 and having sex. Like, there's nothing stopping her from that. She's a teenager exploring herself. And maybe she's doing a lot of rebellion because her dad recently died and her mom's doing weird shit. And she might have telekinetic powers. <laughs> she might be the Jean Grey. So, I was thinking that you have this character named Sarah. She's, she has weird dreams. She has, like, clairvoyance and that sort of stuff. And... At some point in the series, maybe she gets hurt or maybe she like gets overwhelmed and has to go to the hospital for a while. And because they need a six person for the secret circle and because Melissa is kind of friends with Faye and Faye's been into some weird stuff. And as it turns out, they discover Faye doing magic in the woods by herself, which can be dangerous. Okay. Um, they're like, hey, how about you join the coven as a substitute? for Sarah until she gets back or whatever and then you can do whatever the heck you want and like Faye discovers she has great powers telekinesis, ice magic that sort of stuff um, because there's elemental magic involved and I was thinking like every character has a different element that they're particularly good with yeah I also gave the characters different birthdays than what they were given in the original series because I thought that it might work a bit better and like so obviously, Cassie, the hero, gets the fire powers. And I'm like, it's always the fucking fire powers. Like, I get it, but also. So I made her an Aquarius. She's got air powers. Okay, is Aquarius an air sign? Yes. Despite the name. That's it silly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Astrology. Why did you take the fish and make it an air sign? No, no. Pisces is the fish and is the water okay, sign. Yeah, but Aquarius is the water bearer. This is the wet boy. But he got kidnapped by Zeus in the form of an eagle. Aquila wasn't in the right position to be part of the Zodiac. Oh, the stars weren't right. Yeah. Can't do it. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she's an air sign and I specifically looked up a night in January where there would have been a new moon. Because those are the nights that there used to be feasts for the goddess Hecate. Hecate's gonna kinda sort of show up in the series? Good she, for her. She might be the thing in the woods. Nobody's 100% certain this is Hecate, but everybody calls her Hecate because... You know what? That that fits. It, it fits. You're very witchy. And kind of scary. You know when you're in her domain. Uh, Diana. Um... I have her born December 3rd. She's a Sagittarius. She gets the fire powers. 
And because she's kind of the leader of the group, and I wanted her to be kind of the, the dynamic one. Also, uh, Cassie and Diana will be uh, endgame when it comes to relationships. Nice. Because I like their chemistry. And instead of... I don't want them to be half-sisters because that is like a very easy twist. I just want her to be brokenhearted over her dad cheating on her mom with the high school principal, who is also evil. And also... Oh, your dad murdered my mom. That's that's some good tension right there. Yeah. Um, Adam. So, watching clips, Adam had kind of sort of fuckboy vibes. Because, like, he's involved with Diana, but he instantly gets attracted to Cassie. And it just seems like... There was a lot of will they, won't they, and stringing each other along, and eventually he sucks with Diana because apparently Cassie and Jake were written in the stars. Also, I'm going to have a fuck destiny mentality to all this. Anyway, he's born May, 25th. May 25th. He's a Gemini. His powers are over metal. Sarah, shy dork. She's born July 18th. She's a Cancer. Her powers are over water. Duh. Cancer's a water sign. Crabs. Melissa, born... September 8th, Virgo, she's like the hard-working one. Has a lot of plates spinning all over the place. Uh, her powers are over Earth. Uh, Nick, born February 27th, he's a Pisces. His power is over electricity. Faye, born November 4th, yes, she's a Scorpio. Yes, she's the dramatic one. Her powers are over ice. And then Jake is born December 26th. He's a Capricorn. His power is over electromagnetism. Basically, he's Magneto. And he gets courted by the sheriff to join the witch hunter militia, basically. <laughs> he turns out good, though. And, like, he and Faye are going to be endgame. Um, probably Nick and Adam will realize that they have feelings for each other. Being mutual nerd meatheads. I would rather have the have the character have at least one character be kind of the dopey meathead then like the one is the bad boy and the other is the good boy but he's actually kind of a fuck boy <laughs> uh yeah it's, it's, it's we can't really have like the lunkhead jock character with this group yeah but we can have a stoner oh there it is yeah, yeah. it's jude it's jude from 16 yeah because <laughs> again Late 90s, early 2000s. What are the big things at the time? Um, skateboarding. Yeah. It's skateboarding, post-grunge. Um, heavy metal is just like clinging on by its fingernails. <laughs> because St. Anger is on the horizon. <laughs> oh god, Metallica. <Yeah. laughs> Why'd you gotta use that much snare? <laughs> 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 so, I would say... How about Nyx the Stoner? Okay. Yeah. Nick's a stoner. I would say Adam is more... Like, I originally had Nick be more of, like, he's the one doing the chronicling and is the more internet guy. How about Adam's the more internet guy? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Cassie, I think... We have to think of her personality kind of, like, pre-mom's death and post-mom's death. And I think pre-mom's death, she might have been a bit more like Melissa, where she was, like, academically inclined, maybe a bit of an athlete. And then post-mom's death, like, she's in a depressive state and doesn't know what to do anymore. And maybe she's in a life's kind of meaningless phase for a bit. 
<laughs> um, Diana, I think she should should be the witchy one. Like just straight, like she's got the name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sarah, she was originally known as Sally. How much of a we were barely aware of what was going on back in the 90s. I don't know. Maybe she's more the anime girl. I mean, the, the early 2000s was when, like, the, the weird... I mean, no, I guess weird anime was starting to come over in the 90s, 80s. too. But to, 80s, yeah. yeah. But 2000s was, like, with the advent of the internet, that's when it was a lot easier to get. Yeah. And so if they're teens and they're, like, at least a few of them are tech-savvy, then yeah, they could easily grab some stuff mm-hmm. and decide to hi- just hyper-focus on it. Yeah. And then Faye, yeah, she's mostly doing doing this to get away. She was probably the most preppy looking, I guess. And then, yeah, Nick's a stoner. He, he's probably got the long hair and he's wearing jen- Jinkos. Because <laughs> I want them to be like in that weird stage of fashion between the 90s and 2000s. Like, yeah. Fuck, when did the Matrix release? Matrix was in late 90s, I believe. March 24th, 1999. Maybe Adam starts wearing, like, the tight shirts and he gets a trench coat. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want them to be dorks. <laughs> Here's the thing about Adam, is that <laughs> Adam, sweetie, in about ten years, I think you're going to have a gender moment. Yes. <laughs> They're going to start exploring the realms of pronouns. (laughs) (laughs) It's the trench coat to trans woman pipeline. Yes. (laughs) Um, Faye is probably the most mean girls sort of person. She's probably dressed. I kind of envision her kind of like um, Megan Fox and Jennifer's body, at least initially. And like her problem is. Like, with her solitary magic is she starts mucking around with spirits that she has very little understanding about. Because, like, if you talk to people who actually practice magic, they're like, you have to be super careful with who you're interacting with. Because most of these things seem to be of the trickster variety. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the fae or the fairy or whatever, where it's like, ooh, you... They are going to fuck you up if they want to. Yeah. You got to pick your words carefully when you're dealing with them. Yeah. Like, there's a reason why a lot of people think that uh, modern alien abduction stories are kind of like our current version of interactions with the Fae. And, like, there's some people within certain paranormal paranormal circles who think that aliens are the same as uh, fairies. And also, like, we're sending this in the Pacific Northwest and how did the series not have a Bigfoot episode? And there's weird shit involved with Bigfoot. Like, people have seen weird lights and heard weird things. Though, okay, the more supernatural shit tends to happen out east, apparently. Like, there's Bigfoot in Appalachia. And they get real fucking weird. Huh. Yeah, like, people have psychic experiences. And there's missing time and all that sort of stuff. So I guess with the Pacific Northwest, it's like, Sasquatch is a big monkey in the forest. And we should have a Sasquatch episode. Also, alien shit happens in the Pacific Northwest. Like, a lot. So I'm not saying somebody gets abducted by aliens, but somebody should think that they get they got abducted by aliens at some point. They're gonna be away with the fairies. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I think with Faye, she kind of teeters on uh, Feruza Balk's character in The Craft, where like she gets maybe a little power-hungry at a couple points, and she's kind of the most vulnerable to that sort of manipulation, especially when John shows up. But she eventually like has her, I guess, come to the coven revelation. Yeah. Or rather, like, she's she'll join the coven, but she's still very much in for herself until, yeah. like, she gets put through the ringer of character development. Yes. And then Jake, I think he's the most uh, redneck, like, like, that mix of redneck and grunge, where he's still holding on to the flannel and he's got, like, the dirty jeans and the long hair and he works at the mill. Um, and is probably the most, like, practical person and maybe at first doesn't believe that he has any sort of magical powers because here's a here's a spoiler for the series uh his parents are were also involved in that coven back in the day and they wound up dying under mysterious mysterious circumstances and the sheriff tries to get him to join the witch hunters by saying oh it was witches who killed your or satanists who killed your parents (laughs) (laughs) and yeah, eventually he's like, you know what? Fuck you, Sheriff. If I have to go to prison for this, I, I fucking will. Yeah. But yeah, like he's probably the most grungy of the guys. Uh, probably listens to music like, aside from Nirvana, he probably listens to like classic Metallica and, uh, I brought up Pantera, but there's like, uh, other like, other metal bands. Sepultura is probably one of his favorite bands. And maybe he was a jock for a time. I'm pulling a lot from Derry from from the Outsiders. He turned down a scholarship to take care of his of his younger brother, even if that shit is a bit ungrateful about it. I mean, if, if he's a jock, then it has to be something else that is making him feel isolated, so that he throws his lot in with the geeks. Like, um, they all need to be outsiders in yeah. some way so that they can come together. Yeah, so I'm it's, thinking... we, we can't we can't really do a breakfast club thing yeah. necessarily. There has to be more to it than that. Yeah. Like I'm thinking most of these people are probably on the lower income side too. Yeah. Um so they got that. Um so Diana, Adam, uh Sarah, and Jake, like they're all the same age. They probably all went to the same school with each other. Like, they've known each other since they were little kids. Jake knows them because of Nick. And maybe he's on the outside because, like, aside from the parents dying, and, uh, like, when his parents died, how about, like, he went through a phase where, like, he was just reacting real bad. And, yeah, he maybe he has a juvie record. He's the bad boy. Yeah, he's, he's the bad boy. He's done crimes. Yeah. <laughs> he did crimes. And then he is trying to put his life together so that, like, he can keep, like, he doesn't want Nick to be taken away from him. Um, Faye, I think for her, like, she is part of the popular crowd, but I was envisioning her as one of those people who has a lot of acquaintances but doesn't have a lot of friends. Like, in the show, her father never shows up, so I'm like, what if her dad recently died and, like, she's dealing with that grief Plus, her mom is acting weird. And maybe her mom's really controlling, too. And she's doing this magic stuff in the woods as an act of rebellion. Like, Melissa, I'm thinking, like, her whole thing, like, why she would hang out with the geeks is because, like, she's one of those academic athletes who kind of straddles a bunch of worlds and doesn't really feel like she fits in anywhere. 
and the geeks take her in because she feels really comfortable with them because there isn't like that maybe she feels like she or like this band this band of loser geeks as opposed to the competitive nerds who are trying to get into like the top universities yeah yeah because you know that there's one or two nerds at the school who think that they're the second coming of bill gates oh yeah it was definitely that era yeah we told all the nerds if you work hard you'll be bill gates one day and we shouldn't have done that <laughs> no we should have given them swirlies Ah uh, no we we should have encouraged them differently we yeah. should have said if you work really hard then when you grow up you can be a woman yes <laughs> yeah on the other hand our protagonist is the group of nerds who realize some shit about themselves <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's mm, there's gonna be a lot of messy queer romances going on betwixt all y'all yeah <laughs> also uh so, so one thing with melissa she's the only blatantly non-white character in this cast yeah we gotta make but more, also more jessica parker kennedy is mixed race and she is pale as all hell and it would be the I'm not saying don't ever cast mixed race people because you can, you can but like a lot of, there's a lot of productions that will cast the palest mixed race person they can find and say look we're diverse. Yeah, and then also do nothing about the background either. Yeah. So my thinking is we should there should be color I mean the colorblind casting for most stuff, but I think yeah. this especially because like first I was wanted to say Maybe Melissa throws her lot in with these nerds because she feels isolated because she's like one of the few black girls. But yeah. then, then it becomes into like this weird white savior of like we're the good white people who won't be racist to you, yeah, or no. or a thing of like you need us because we're the only white people who aren't racist to you. So I think like the only way Melissa is probably if Melissa is feeling isolated because of her race, the only way she's gonna throw her lot in with these people is if they are not all completely white either. Yeah. So we could we could make the Armstrong boys black as well. Or First Nations. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Just to do a do a whole that everybody. Everybody can yeah. be not a white person. Yeah. Fuck, there was no Asian representation on the show. And this is supposed to be set in like Washington. And there's a lot of yeah. Asian people. You know what? Arden show is too bold to play a teen, but I'm gonna find a way to put her in this show. <laughs> Top billing! We can find some Degrassi alumni to fill out <laughs> our coven ranks. Uh, I mean, they might be getting too old, too. Oh, yeah, because the show's been up for far. We'll find some other, like, teen drama that has actual teens, and then we'll be, like, or some Nickelodeon show and be like, okay, you're ours now. Yes, we're poaching you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're taking you to, uh, I don't know if this is going to remain be able to remain on CW anymore. <laughs> Yeah, because none of our characters are going to be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> we're poaching you and we're taking you to FX, I guess. I guess. Uh, put him on Star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when in Canada, you can watch this with all those other famous Disney Plus shows like Pam and Tommy. <laughs> this has to be the doing of the Quebecois. Like, how do we get this DLC, RTC? <laughs> Maybe this will be an HBO show. Yeah. 
with all their other how many teen dramas do they have right now like they have euphoria they had generation but i think that got canceled because it was just trying to be different euphoria i can't believe one of the euphoria competitors ended up on the euphoria network <laughs> um and they're doing the new degrassi too oh okay but no one got involved in the occult on hang on <laughs> no no one got involved on in the occult on degrassi okay <laughs> Nobody thought about ha- about giving a character an arc where they go through a witch phase. No, Ashley had a normal goth phase. She did not try any spells. She just wrote really emo poetry. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, a lot of kids go through an emo phase, but there's also just as many who like combine that with a witch phase or just did the witch phase. I did the witch phase. Anya had a LARPing phase. <laughs> I mean... Fair. <laughs> and that never panned out. So then she did cocaine? <laughs> and then she joined the Air Force. How do you go from LARPing to Coke? <laughs> uh well here so first first you have to start your character arc as the minion of another character, and then they have to give you an arc where you stop being their minion, and then they don't know what to do with you after that. Okay. Anya is here to get involved in messy drama and be the best friend to the gays. Okay. Because I was like, you know, the next step from a failed LARPing attempt is maybe either going into, like, a regular tabletop game or maybe taking up, I don't know, magic. Magic the Gathering. (laughs) Yeah, Anya should have had... Oh, the card game. I was going to say Anya should have had a witch phase, but, you know, cardboard cardboard crack works too. (laughs) Yes. An arc where Anya and Peter stop doing normal crack and start doing Magic the Gathering. Speaking of which, I, okay, so I have this idea for them to be like punk rock chaos magic, and the thing about chaos magic is there's a very DIY thing where it's like let's strip away all of like the uh, esoteric bullshit of like um, hermeticism and Wicca and all this sort of stuff, and let's just like figure out shit that works. So why not use, instead of, like, regular tarot cards, Magic the Gathering cards for divination at some point? <laughs> no, but here's the thing, is that they're, they're, they're late 90s teens, yeah. so th- actually they're gonna be using Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> <laughs> Someone went to a convention in Vancouver. There's a Vancouver, Washington. It's across the river from Portland. Diana accidentally summons Exodia, and this just turns into a really weird interstitial campaign. Yeah. <laughs> like, most of the magic is just, like, figuring shit out, and also, like, solving mysteries are a bit of a Scooby Squad. Scooby Squad, because I was thinking, like, part of the world building, like, in the series they have, like, the elders and all of, like, this wizard council bullshit, and I'm like, okay. So for a bit of background about what Lindsay has been listening to for the past while, I've been listening to a podcast called Penny Foil. It's an investigation into the weird shit that's been going on in this one region of Kentucky. And because <laughs> <laughs> weird shit is always going on in Kentucky. <laughs> and uh, the guys are investigating, like, they'll veer from, like, weird supernatural phenomenon to, like, this one maybe Russian dude who bought up a whole bunch of companies in the area and like he had weird dealings with various politicians in the mid-70s and then he died in a plane crash under weird circumstances. 
<laughs> also, nobody knows where he got his money from. And also, there's, like, weird ties to the Masons and all that, because apparently the Masons founded this town. And, like, there's an esoteric side to the Masons. I'm not going to use the Masons, but how about there was a bunch of people who founded the town with who were part of, like, a weird, I don't know, fraternity or whatever, and the people who are who do practice magic might have some ties to that to that heritage and maybe there was a deal made with a spirit because this town has been fucked up since 1882 like they come across weird mysteries there's ghosts there's just weird happenstance and of course maybe they summon an even once and maybe they encounter Hecate yeah yeah and I think at some point they should maybe attempt a ritual to some god to bind their magic. And then season two gets even weirder. Yeah. Because I think it should really lean into the weird side of magic. Because also another reason why the show was canceled after a single season was uh, the special effects budget was getting really out of hand. Because they were going for, like, the, oh, I can summon flame, so there is flame in my hand, even though the CGI is rather bad. Or there's the big scene with, like, uh, Adam and Cassie are, like, Adam's helping Cassie unlock her magic, and, like, all of these dew drops lift up, and it's like, okay, like, I, I can see where the budget for this episode went to. Yeah. So I think we should start off small with the magic and grow and allow it yeah. to be weird. And so with the the binding, too, I was thinking that it could be, for the first chunk of the season, they don't even know about binding their powers. And when they finally find, find out about it, it could be like, this could give us a boost, but it would require, like, a ritual that binds all of us together. Mm -hmm. And some people aren't sure about that because, you know, this group, it's a bunch of weirdos, but, like, they haven't hit the found family part of things yet. Yes. And Faye especially is, like... No. I don't want to be literally, I don't want to be literally or socially tied to you guys, like... yeah. This is this is a business transaction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and then by the end of the season, that's when they finally bind their powers, and so now they can draw on each other's strengths to to fight the things. But now that means that like because they're that much powerful, weirder things start crawling out of the woodwork. Yeah, it's sort of like they kind of become like a magnet, or like they're sending out a signal for the weird shit to come out. Yes. Yeah, and I was just like in Teen Wolf. <laughs> yeah the more the more shit you're this is like an actual thought in amongst like esoteric and wicked circles it's like the shit you put out is going to attract shit towards you it's not exactly like karma it's more just like like attracts like which is why when like you're doing workings with the ouija board you have to be super careful about what you're interacting with mostly because like I think a lot of people can't handle like being quiet and being within their own mind or like there's a certain type of person who cannot handle that and like that's what's actually coming out is like what's in the back of your mind uh like there's some history about people committing murders because something on the Ouija board told them to and it's like maybe you were already kind of thinking about it already and the Ouija board was a way for you to confirm what you wanted to do but also the likes of Aleister Crowley are like, uh, you do have to be careful about what sort of spirits you are talking to because, as we said earlier, a lot of these, a lot of these spirits are trickster spirits. A lot of them, like Koranzan, just want your fucking soul. Be very careful when you're doing magic, okay? Yeah. <laughs> also, they have to do the whole like watchtowers thing at some point, like it's the craft. 
again, I give props to Craft where they actually threw in shit that actual magic practitioners do. Like, we don't have to go the whole hog with all of that sort of stuff, and some people are fairly private about their magic, but, like, let's throw in some actual shit that people have actually done. In which case, we need some witch consultants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's call up Grant Morrison. <laughs> hey, how'd you do that masturbation sigil? <laughs> <laughs> I think on that note <laughs> you should go to the friendship promo hi welcome to the game is afoot this is a podcast where queer guests I'm back baby play games I pick my jaw up off the floor real quick <laughs> real quick put that back on and do an interview my secret is this is published on the first and third Sunday of every month, so come join us. And I hope you have a good time. Bye! I'm not going to make a joke about people using a masturbation ritual to find your Twitter handle, so you're just <laughs> going to have to tell us what it is. <laughs> um, you, I could be found on Twitter at lindsaym476, that's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Reboot You First, and they are light as a feather but stiff as a board. You can also email us at notifireboot at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and who you would station at your four watchtowers during your high rituals. Um, who are the tallest people I know? <laughs> Me. Shit. <laughs> I'll come to your watchtowers. <laughs> um, that email address is also where you can send us a friendship promo. It's either an audio clip or a proof for us to read, but either way, we'll read a free ad for your podcast or your YouTube or even your coven. Not if I reboot you first as a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can talk more about the show or the others on the network via our Corner Podcast Discord. Our cover art, as always, is by Alex, and her work can be found on ptchew.com, and our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, whose contact info is available upon request. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 4 territory, the traditional lands of the Cree, Sotol, and Assiniboine, and homeland of the Métis. So, Lindsay. So, Tanner. Uh, I won the People's Choice Award. <laughs> well, the, the poll, not the award. <laughs> yeah, this isn't MTV. <laughs> And uh, so I'm going to be doing my own take on Pride and Prejudice next week. Ooh. So next week, we are going to discuss how it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single frog in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a pig. Okay. But that's going to be next week, but not if we reboot you first. Bye. Bye. <laughs>